Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Hey, not too bad. Uh, here, you, here you were enjoying some good steak with uh, your young son, the new up, upcoming chef, hey? 13-year-old wannabe Michelin chef, yeah. So That's awesome. Pretty That's good. Awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. That's always cool to... You know, when... Um, you know, when young people take an interest in things at a young age, right, uh, it, it can keep them out of trouble. So they need a passion. They need something to focus on. So that's awesome. Well, we got a lot to talk about in the markets here. Um, first of all, congratulations to all the fans and uh, mostly to the team. Kansas City Chiefs take it uh, this year, uh, second time in four years. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a interesting uh, battle back and forth there uh, I thought it would be more boring but it was uh, actually quite a, quite uh, interesting and uh, kind of a nail biter at times there so um, anyway uh, <clears throat> let's talk about where we finished the week here first uh, so on Friday uh, we had Nvidia was down uh, 4.8 percent. Meta down 2.12, Google, Amazon slightly down. Um, Kind of the stronger areas were Exxon was up 4.21%, Chevron 2.1, ConocoPhillips up 4.67. Utilities were up, healthcare was up. so it was a it was a choppy day, but with a slight slope up, we started at a bit of a discount. But it was quite uh, quite choppy around the VWAP and the uh-huh. and the previous day's close. Now the one week performance um, that kind of tells a tale here. We had Google obviously down in terms of its competition against Microsoft with uh, you know its Bard versus Chat. GBT. Uh, Google was down 9.85% for the week. Amazon 5.59%. Meta down 6.64. Intel was down 8.31% for the week. AMD down 5.36. A lot of market cap. Market. Yeah, exactly. And Microsoft was up 1.84% for the week. Apple was down 2.26. Visa MasterCard slightly down. Um, only the healthcare plans were up, but not the diagnostics, research, medical devices area. That was all down. So when you think about healthcare, remember to split it into, you know, the the key segments. There, um, we have, I mean, in healthcare drug manufacturing, for example, we had Merck up 5.47, um, ABBV up 4.72, Johnny was down minus 1.49. Pfizer down slightly, Lilly up 1.78. And again, for the week, uh, energy came in at um, 6.48%, or sorry, Exxon came in at 6.48%, uh, Conoco at 6.43, EOG at 7.64, Hess at 5 or 6, 6.56. So Schlumberger even at 7.07, so quite a performance for the week. Now, this is a little bit of a departure from oil prices for, you know, other than they kicked in when uh, Russia said it was going to cut back production a bit, right? But uh, then the oil prices kind of kicked in. But, 
you, you gotta you can't always lean on oil prices for the performance of the equities themselves. You know, there can be a disconnect there. They can equities could perform worse than the oil or or better than the oil. So keep that in mind. Um, Tesla was uh, having a pretty good um, month and into February as well um, in, into the new month here. And uh, it rolled over on Friday. Um, so it still performed at 3.64% for the week, but it was down, I think, 5% or so for yeah. Friday. Let me just see here. Yeah, it was down 5% for Friday. Um, <clears throat> so the groups... You know, for that one week performance, again, energy came in at 4.85. And then the worst performing was communication services at 6.62% down, consumer cyclical down 3.04. So, what kind of happened last week was um, because we'd been running on this higher expectation of maybe the Fed being a little bit more lenient, um, inflation maybe tapering off a bit. Um, you know, people were kind of getting their hopes up and, and we, we had been climbing a wall of worry too. Um, but this week you can see some of those areas like communication services, cyclical, basic materials, real estate, even technology kind of, kind of pulling back for the week a little bit. So keep that in mind. Um, we have on our futures as of right now. We have the Dow Jones futures off slightly at 0.33%, down 113 points. Uh, overall, this has been in a very significant trading range for the last two weeks or so. Um, so it's 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 tighter. It hasn't had the kind of movement that we've seen in the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. S&P 500 is down 0.41% or 16.75 points. NASDAQ 100 is currently down 0.48% or 59.5 points. And that one has really rolled over from that 1300 level. And we've had, you know, a week and a half down now with the NASDAQ 100, whereas the S&P has been a little bit more resilient. It has that, that resistance up at the 4200 level. Russell is down only nine points at 0.47%. Um, it has resistance up at the 20 or the 2000, where's the high here? Um, 2033, so everywhere from around 2000 to 2033 is kind of resistance for the Russell 2000. It's down sharply from that level and it's sitting kind of on, um, I would say, previous resistance. So it could be new support here temporarily. So there is an there is an air pocket below us in all of these things. Again, the Dow is the most stable sideways, and Russell has pulled back more violently than the Qs, uh, the Nasdaq 100, and then the SPY. Um, so again, we're kind of on the fence. And what concerns me here on the economic calendar is the Valentine's Day mm -hmm. CPI numbers. Yeah. So this could be a big uh, impact to the market as it has been previously. And just kind of we're on the on the fence with the market. 
having rallied, then pulled back a little bit, kind of sitting there, uh, it kind of sets us up for we could move either way. Um, and there's room to move either way now. You know? So um, anyway, we'll uh, roll over to you for more on the economic reports that are coming out this coming week here. And we we end the week with expiration Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, Monday, not too much. There's New York Fed has some inflation expectations, but Tuesday is the big one, the core CPI number that's going to come out at 830 Eastern. Uh, and then Wednesday, we have retail sales and home builders index. So some light on how the consumer is doing. And Thursday, initial jobless claims, building permits, housing starts, and Friday, index of leading economic indicators. So Leading economic indicators, jobless claims, and inflation are the themes for the week there. Um, we have quite a bit of earnings um, still. Um, there's many, but within the S&P 500, there's like 60 symbols reporting. So still, it's not as heavy as it was previously, but um, there's still earnings trickling out, so you have to cross-check your symbols when you trade them. And we have two bits of seasonality coming up this week. We have mid-month seasonality and the first Friday of the month. Um, both are expected to be quite bullish. Mid-month seasonality is the most robust uh, of the month, uh, with the like the S&P 0.93% for that that mid-month seasonality. Uh, small caps at 1.3%. And then the third third Friday, um, it's not as robust. Um, the S&P is kind of flat while small caps are up. So we have some hope like midweek, especially if we clear that uh, CPI number, and it's not a Valentine's Day massacre, <laughs> hopefully not, we should be able to have some strength throughout the middle of the week. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, the mid-month seasonality starting there on Monday uh, is supposed to be, you know, the the big performer for the month of February, if you're going to get any performance at all. Yeah. And so, you know, the opposition to that could be, you know, the CPI on Tuesday and then the PPI on Thursday. Those are the two um, big influences that could either agree with uh, seasonality and boost it even more um, or, or disagree and, and uh, throw a monkey wrench into that. So, again, it's it's hard to know. That's why we like to trade hedged. Right. That's like why we like relationship based trading, hedge based trading, swing portfolios, you know, open to close intraday, stuff like that. Um, but even then, I mean, sometimes when the market moves a lot at uh, 830 a.m. Eastern time, that's an hour before the market opens. Um, you know, there can be some significant movement that obviously impacts stocks. But the good news is that you can go in look at where these stocks and where the sector ETFs are trading prior to the market opening. So you can make some uh, informed decisions. Um, what you don't know is whether it's going to be, you know, big down pre-market and then suddenly reverse. Um, we've seen that before. October 13th was a perfect example, um, you know, or, uh, or we gap up and reverse, you know, so so those are the things you can't know, um, but typically if the gap is significant enough, um, that does tend to favor the long side because the market is a buy side market long term and gaps tend to 
get filled, even if they're news-related gaps. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, we have some ETFs within the um, seasonality window. So mid-month seasonality is favors some financials like KRE, mm-hmm. um, KBE, right. Jack, airline stocks, USO, oil, um, SO, the SOX, which is chips, SMH, which is chips, XLF, materials, XLB, and biotech, XBI. So a bit of the risk on ETFs are favored in that seasonality. And then things like XLU are defensive. Um, and that, yeah, that's that's good seasonality. So we have... So we have 61 S&P 500 stocks that have earnings this week. What are some of the the major ones that pop out for you on the S&P 500? Yeah, we have Coca-Cola. It's a big one. Um, we have some solar stocks, um, SEDG, um, Marriott, Albemarle for lithium, Cisco, MLM, uh, VMC, Zebra. So it's a mix between industrial, some tech, some um, consumer discretionary as well. But there are a couple key solar ones that are going to pop up in there. So that could move. Copart, Auto Parts, AIG Insurance, Marriott. Um, so yeah, it's going to get. It's a mixture of uh, the economy. Not not so heck, um, tech heavy as as some weeks. Um, just to note that you know overall the earnings have come in a bit softer than previous uh, years. Um, it seems to um, be a little bit soft, but I mean the market was shrugging some of that off, and some of these companies that reported poorly did kind of heal the gap, like they gapped down and they they ended up finishing okay. Um, so the market's tending to discount that and look forward at things getting better. Um, but it has been a bit softer. And I find there's a difference between the beginning of earnings season and when you get the the bigger and more important um, players kind of reporting first. It starts off with the big banks and brokers and things and, and moves on through. But um, towards the tail end, sometimes um, they can take these things out and shoot them <laughs> when they when they miss earnings. So just keep that in mind. Um, so how it tends to work. So a, a little bit more forgiveness, I think, to the the earlier reporters versus the later reporters. So. Um, so I understand we have. Um, uh, E.T. is uh, trying to phone home here and uh, U.S. is uh, and Canada's involved in shooting these things down. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're on our fourth one now. We had, uh, you know, one that was South Carolina, one over Lake Huron, and one over the Yukon, and one in Alaska. So, in the last uh, in the last week, we've had four of these things shot down. So, uh, poor ET. Wonder if he got a chance to phone home before he was shot down. Oh well, it's an interesting uh, interesting world. Um, so what else is going on here? Uh, oh. The ETFs, where they are, are year to date. I mean, it really is a risk on first couple of weeks now, five weeks. XLY, XLC, XLK, those are all up 12, 14%. And then all the, the, the defensive things like utilities are down 4% on the year, healthcare down 2%, staples down 2%, diamonds up 2%. So 
all the defensive stuff that was hot the end of last year is soft and then um the risk on stuff like xly xlc qqq that's where all the the juice has been the first uh, five six weeks this we we've seen this movie before though when you had a really big down year then 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 the following january you know you have that tax loss rebuying um, because taxes are have always been a, a really big you know component ever since the boston tea party right <laughs> you know is uh, taxes are a big deal and uh if you can take your tax loss on a bad year like that and then redeploy any capital you have left or or maybe you're well off enough to not not be an issue you still want the tax loss um and then you rebuy it in january and we also had a uh, short covering where uh they didn't want to cover their shorts at you know and into the end of the year so uh they carried it over into january and and started covering in january so it's, it's an interesting dynamic of the January effect, um, we had a little bit of a Santa Claus rally, uh, which ended two days into January, obviously. Um, and then we had um, you know, tax loss rebuying, we had short covering, we had FOMO, we saw a little bit of meme stuff pick up. And uh, the biggest areas of coming of things that came back were, you know, an example would be Tesla. That's a, a really good example of something that rallied back. Um, and, and that might be kind of finished now. It all depends on the news this week, I think. Um, we're starting to see some signs that things are ma mature in terms of pricing and starting to roll over a little bit. So uh, if if we get news that contributes to the the downside, then, um, you know, it'll, it'll pick up speed from here, I would think. Uh -huh. Should be interesting week. <clears throat> yeah, um, so, uh, the treasury yields are all inverted, which is kind of signaling recession. Um, but there's a lot of other indicators that don't really agree with that. And we also have this battle whether the Fed is going to overdo it on tightening and, and cause a problem or whether we're going to transition quickly to disinflation or de or deflation um so i mean it's good for the markets when there's a lot of you know controversy and and nobody's certain i mean i it, i tend i tend to think it's a lot better for the markets than everybody being on the same side of course a wall of worry yeah so you know but but uh we some would say we've already been in the recession a little bit already um certainly we think that real inflation is actually higher than what the numbers suggest um, because consumers you know have to spend money out there and so they they can see things that have doubled in price or more all the time so um, you know real inflation might be a lot higher than what the numbers suggest but that doesn't mean it can't cycle back uh, down very quickly and I, I fully expect that at some point i mean i i think inflation could still get worse from here Mm -hmm. or or our duration of it could be longer but i think it can cycle back very quickly um it's kind of to me a little bit like the markets you know when stuff goes up liquidity is created because people that bought take a profit new people buy 
And so there's actually a liquidity increase. When things drop, you just have a buyer strike sometimes for a while and there's no liquidity. And so I look at this inflation thing where, you know, look, the highways are busy, the, the stores are busy, you know, everybody's trying to do stuff. And it, it kind of, because it is inflation, you kind of have that hustle, right? You have that hustle. But there comes a point where if people run out of money and cash is, is you know, closely guarded and people don't want to spend anymore, then you, you could see the lack of liquidity in a sense and things could fall very quickly. So I think we could at some point transition to deflation more rapidly than anyone expects. But I think it's still, that's still a long way off, but nonetheless. A um, couple more things here, let's see. Um, yeah, I just want to look at our bonds. So 30-year bond has been trending down, which signals that, you know, still expecting the Fed to, to hike, you know, in small increments going forward. We have metals. Gold is come off of its high pretty aggressively there, silver along with it. Platinum kind of heading down pretty rapidly. Copper, um, copper's rolled over, so that's a little bit more of a signal of recession, I would think. And then we get into the currencies here. The US dollar um, did put in a low there right at the beginning of February, February 2nd to be exact. And not, a, not an all-time low, just a low in the last sort of nine months or so. Um, no, actually, sorry, 12, 11 months. Um, and then it popped up from there and it's still rising. It's up a, uh, right now 0.14%. So signaling a little bit more of a, a rise. That could be looking forward at the CPI numbers. So if the CPI numbers, you know, say that uh, inflation is more aggressive, then uh, that gives the Fed more reason to be aggressive in the hikes. So that's why the dollar might be responding that way ahead of CPI numbers. So tomorrow should be kind of that wait and see game for Tuesday, I would think, because there's no other drivers really tomorrow, is there? No. <clears throat> All right. Um, and energy, it's kind of still in its trading range for the last three months did notch up a little bit like we said this week with a, a rally there but um it's currently down 1.15 percent here in the globex so um, it could be a bit softer tomorrow so i I'd, I'd probably be planning for the dollar to be a little bit stable to i would give it a little bit of a long bias tomorrow um i'd give oil uh, a short bias i'd give uh gold a short bias for tomorrow um i'd probably let's see looking at the looking at the s p again here um i'd probably be leaning to neutral to maybe slightly defensive tomorrow that's probably how i would lean mm -hmm. 
I don't think there's a reason to be a market to be super aggressive tomorrow because we don't have anything to build on, right? We yeah. just it's more of a wait and see. So, so that would be my take. For, hopefully, that helps you guys. Uh, did we miss anything on your? No. Okay. Well, um, good trading this week, and uh, like uh, Friday was expiration as we mentioned, but it's also uh, the long weekend, so. You could have a, a weekend effect there too, right? One one aspect is geopolitical concerns uh, globally. Another one is market often likes to rally for in head of a long weekend, gets all excited. Uh, so there's a tension there, but um, and it's also expiration. So fasten your seatbelts for an exciting week and a lot lot more exciting than last week because we didn't have much economic news last week, right? All right, good okay. luck. Okay. Yes. Take care.